Well, this morning's teaching is something we learned from one of my mentors from a distance. His name is Andy. It's so penetrated my life that I wanted to present it to you as accurately as possible because the truth that we're going to be learning today from God's Word out of the book of Romans is, is a huge truth. And I just pray that it's going to impact you like it did me. Um, we've been talking about how when Adam sinned, that something actually changed in his physical body, literally changed in his physical body. And the Bible describes that, that sin became part of Adam in that moment. Actually entered his body, became part of him. Interesting. And from that day forward, then the price of sin has been not just on Adam, but on all of creation. And, and it's been on and in every descendant of Adam, which all of us are. But the Bible also describes how our nature can also change if you become a follower of Jesus. Your nature changes again. And in this scenario, the Bible says if you are in Christ, a follower of Jesus, the Bible says that Christ dealt with that problem of sin for us, and now your nature has changed again. And the Bible says you are actually free from sin. To which we would say, free? Then what was that that I dealt with this weekend? Because that didn't feel free. I was all up in that sin. It was all over. Sin. I don't feel free. Why do I do the things I don't want to do? Why do I think the things I know I should not think? I say the things I shouldn't say. I feel, I want, why? Why is that still there? If I am free, why is that there? Well, the first half of Romans 6 gives us some of that information. And the Bible says that we're actually dead to sin. Because of what Jesus did, if you have surrendered your life to him, the Bible describes that as this, that your relationship to sin has now changed. And your relationship to God has actually changed as well if you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And our goal at Stuttgart Harvest Church is for that to be reflected in our lives a little bit more every day, more and more and more and more. That's our goal. And today, maybe we're going to get a perspective of why we have trouble with that, having that show up in our lives. So we did the first half of Romans chapter 6 a couple of weeks ago. We're going to start and do the second half. We're going to start with verse 10 out of Romans 6. Here we go. Paul says this, when he died, speaking of Jesus, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Here's what Paul is saying. When sinless, perfect Jesus died on the cross, he broke the power that sin held over everybody. And everyone who has surrendered to Jesus, the power of that sin has been broken. That's what Paul is saying. Now verse 11. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ. Okay, Paul is saying for those of you who have given, submitted, surrendered your life to Jesus, you now have the same relationship to sin that Jesus had to sin. Because the Bible says your life is in Christ. Okay, your life is now seen through Christ, all right? 
That's what Paul is saying. Now he goes on to give us this new view of sin. Now this is weird, really weird, but the implications are huge. And if you understand this, it's going to explain so much as to why we don't feel free from sin. This is huge. Romans 12, uh, verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore rule as your king. So Paul is giving us this visual image, this visual image of sin. And he's saying, sin is like, it's like a person, uh, an entity that is actually living inside of you, trying to be your king, trying to be your boss, your master. And he says, do not let sin be your boss. He says, in, he goes on, in your mortal, which is your short-lived, perishable body, these bodies we have. And then he says, to make you, don't let it happen, to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lust and its evil passions. Here's what he's saying. Sin, this evil that is inside of our mortal flesh and bone bodies is trying to be your king. And Paul says, don't let it happen. Paul is saying, don't let inside of you, Mr. Sin, who's in there, don't let him be your king. Paul is saying, this evil, this entity that's in there, that's in your physical body, in your very nature, almost as if it is now, since the fall, since Adam sinned, almost now as if it's part of your DNA, it's in there. This entity called sin. And God wants you to understand this perspective almost as if it's this separate being that's in there. He wants you to see it this way. And this separate entity that's in your body now is contaminating your physical, mortal, flesh and bone body. Now, when Jesus died, if you have placed your life in Christ, submitted to Him, surrendered to Him, then Paul is saying He broke the power that sin had over you. That power, that entity that's in there, the hold on your life, that was broken. But that entity of sin is still in there, this side of heaven. But now you no longer have to live like sin is your master, like it's your boss, because Jesus broke that power. So, we blow it big time, or maybe you have a, an addiction you're struggling with, and maybe you've come to terms with that and you've said this, well, Harley, that, that is just the way I am. I'm always going to struggle with that. I'm always going to have that habit. I'm always going to have that, that hang-up. It's always going to be there. I've, I don't remember not having it. That's how long it's been there. It's just part of me. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. That is not you. That addiction, that struggle, that hang-up is not you. That is sin inside of you. Not you. It's sin in you. Paul is saying, if you are in Jesus, Jesus broke that power that sin had over you. You don't have to let that sin be your king, be your boss. And just as 
an entity of sin has entered your physical body, just like it has mine. If you're a follower of Jesus, God has actually placed Himself inside of your spiritual body. In your physical body, sin lives. If you're a follower of Jesus, He's placed Himself in your spiritual body. And Paul is saying, which entity inside of you are you going to allow to be your boss? You have to choose. It's going to be one or the other. One of those entities, sin or God, is going to be king. And yes, sin calls you and me through all of our senses. Why? Because it's in our physical body. And it calls to us through all of our senses that we have. And that's why it feels like sin is so close to us. It calls to us. It resides in our physical bodies. But Paul is saying, you are more than that physical body. The real you is that part of you looking through your eyes right now. That's your soul. That's who you are. This physical body, it's temporary. That's where sin lives. But sin wants you to think that that's really you. And God is saying, no, 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 no. You are more than that. You are more than that. And if we surrender our lives to Jesus, He has broken for us that power that sin has in our physical bodies, and now we actually have a choice. Am I going to identify my life with sin and let sin be my king, or am I going to identify my life with God and let God be my king? Now, Paul continues with this view of sin. This is a big view about sin, this entity that lives inside of us. Romans 6, now verse 13. Do not let any part of your body, not one single part, not a finger, not your mind, nothing, no single part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Now here's what that looks like. Today you're going to go home, you're, you're going to eat lunch, and then maybe go home, and this afternoon your husband or your wife or your child or maybe teenager or your parent Someone is going to say something at home, and it's going to drive you crazy. And that entity inside of you, that sin inside of you, very quickly, it happens very quickly, that sin is going to say, hey, did you hear what they just said? Did you hear what they said to you? Are you going to take that? And let, listen, let, sin is going to say to you, let me borrow your mouth, and I'm going to take care of it. And it happens so fast, you're like, I did hear that here. And you're like, wah, 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 wah. And you're just chewing them up and spitting them out. And sin goes over to them and says, my word, did you hear that? Are you going to take that? That disrespect, did you see that look on their face? Can I borrow your mouth because I'm going to just wear them out? I'll take care of it for you. It happens so fast, and you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, roar, right back at them. And then sin runs over to your son and says, I cannot believe they've asked you to do that. That is not right. That is not right. Can I borrow your hands? We'll take care of this. And when dad turns his head, you flip him the bird. <laughs> and then he runs over, sin runs over to your daughter, inside your daughter. Your daughter said, he says, that is not fair. 
that is not fair. They're not going to let you go see those friends. That is not fair. You deserve that. You're old, you're old enough to make your own decisions. Let me borrow your arms and your feet and just, sure. And then you stomp off and you slam your door and then sin says, okay, y'all have a great afternoon. I'm out. And sin just goes to work because if sin cannot have any of these parts of our bodies, sin has nothing. It's just there. Only when we give these parts to sin does it have power in our lives. That's when. Here's how it happens. So, ladies, you're, you're at work. And that one girl at work walks by. You know the one. The one that just seeing her just gets all over you. Because she's wanting all the attention of the guys. And it's just, it just drives you crazy just the way she walks and talks and acts. And, and so you see her go by. And Sin says, hey, 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 your friends are over there. Hey, can I borrow your mouth? We're going to go talk. We're going to go talk this out. And you go talk about her. You say, sure, sure, sure. You go talk about her. Guys, you're at work. And this one particular girl, well, actually, let's just be honest. Any girl walks by. <laughs> and Sin says, hey, 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 let me borrow your eyes. You're like, well, I'm at work. It can't hurt. All the way. And about the time she's walking away from you, sin says, hey, 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 can I have your mind, your thoughts? And you're like, well, nobody will know. Sure. And then you get home at the end of the day and you begin to think, man, I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I hadn't have thought that. I wish I hadn't have acted that way. I wish I had not have done that in that moment. But in that moment, sin asked to borrow your body parts and you loaned them to sin. You gave that body part to sin for sin to use because if you don't give that body part to sin, sin can't use it if you're a follower of Jesus. It says, loan me your eyes, and we loan them our eyes. Loan me your ears, or loan me your mouth, or your mind. And we do. And Paul is saying, if you want real change in your life, you now, if you're a follower of Jesus, have the opportunity because God has placed His presence, His Spirit into your soul. You have the opportunity. Instead of giving those parts away you have the opportunity to say no and then to give those parts to god now because of what jesus did on the cross he's broken the power of sin and we get to now choose who is going to be king in that moment you can now say no to sin inside of your physical body. You don't have to continue to allow sin to use your lips and your hands and your mouth and your body Paul is saying, I want you to look at sin correctly. Sin is saying to you, I want to borrow your mouth because I want to say some things. And Paul is saying, no matter how mad you get, no matter how hurt you are, no matter how depressed you are, you can now, if you're a follower of Jesus, say, no, you may not have my mouth. 
And we can do this because the second part of this verse where we pause, he said, Paul said this, instead, give yourselves completely to God. He's saying, give your body parts to God instead of to sin. And then he goes on for you were dead. In other words, Back then, before you were following Jesus, you didn't have a choice. Sin could take you and do what it wanted with you. But once you became a follower of Jesus, he broke that power. And then he says, but now you have new life. Sin can't just take those parts anymore. Sin will ask for them, but sin cannot take them. Because God is in you. His spirit is in you. And now you have a choice. You can actually give that very body part that sin is asking for. You can say no and actually give that body part to God. And here's how he words that. He goes here. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So if you surrender to him, verse 14 says this, sin is no longer your master. He's not your boss. He's not your king. Four, you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now, in this section, Paul is hitting the pause button because he's introduced a topic that's saying this to Gentiles. Hey, Gentiles, listen, you're not under the law. You don't have to worry about the law. You're not under the law. And just in case they misunderstood what Paul is actually saying, he kind of clarifies this because he didn't want them thinking, oh, I'm not under the law. Great. I can just go do whatever I want. I can live however I want and do whatever I want and not worry because he's got to take me to heaven because I've done this. So I, I can do anything I want. And he clears that up right here. Verse 15. Well, since then, well, then since, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Well, of course not, Paul says. He says, that's ridiculous. That's not what I'm saying at all. He says, let me tell you, that's, that's not what I'm saying. He says, don't misunderstand this verse, though, this passage where we are. Don't misunderstand. The Bible is not saying that since you've submitted your life to Christ, if you keep on sinning, then that means you are no longer a Christian. You are out because you keep sinning. You are out. God's going to boot you out. No longer a Christian. Not you. Uh-uh. You're out. Paul said, nope, that's not what he's saying. He said, it's not, it's also not this, that, well, you were never really a Christian then. If you keep on sinning, you must not have meant it. You must not have really meant it when you said you were going to submit your life to God. You didn't do it right. So you, you never were a Christian. You just pretended you never were. That's not what Paul is saying. He's not saying that. You see, in this moment, Paul is not questioning their salvation. He doesn't question whether they are believers or not, because he is clearly speaking to a group of people who are believers, followers of Jesus. But some of them are continuing to sin. And Paul pauses here and addresses that in Romans 16 now. Don't you realize? So here's why he's not questioning their salvation. He's questioning their understanding of what's going on. He's questioning their knowledge. He says, don't you realize? In other words, if you are a Christ follower, if you are a Christian, and you think that you can just keep sinning and sinning and sinning, and God just has to take it, he's got to take you to heaven later, he's not questioning whether they are believers, he's questioning their understanding of what's really going on. He's saying there's something you don't know, you don't understand. Let me clear this up. He said, don't you realize that you, 
become a slave to whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which will lead to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Here's what Paul is saying. If you say that you can just live however you want, because you're under God's grace, He's got to save you anyway, you can do whatever you want, you're not understanding what's happening. If you just say, well, I'm just living, I'm just living how I want, I'm sowing my wild oats, I will get all those things straight and right later in life. I'm content just knowing I have a home in heaven and eternity one day, and I'll just live however I want right now, just for this season. I'm free to do what I want. Here's what Paul is saying. Uh oh, you're not understanding. He's saying, if that's what you're doing, you're really not free at all. I know you think you're just doing what you want, but here's what's happening. Sin is saying, do this, do this, do this, and, and saying, can I use this? Can I use your body this weekend? Can I do, do this? Can I have this? Can I have this? And you're saying, yes, you can have it, and you're becoming a slave to sin. You think you're being free, but you're really just being a slave to that entity inside of you called sin. You think that you're in control doing what you want, but you are a puppet of sin in that moment, a slave. That's what he's saying. You don't understand what's really going on. You're really becoming a slave by choice. You're volunteering to be a slave. You think you're doing what you want, but you're really just being a slave by volunteering. And Paul says you can either... You can either make yourself God's servant or sin's slave. He says, as long as you keep offering, because sin cannot take your body parts. No longer, if you're in Jesus, cannot take them. As long as you keep offering your body parts, as long as you keep offering your mouth to let sin use your mouth, and your mind, and your thoughts, and your hands, and your body, Paul says, you are a slave. And then some pastor named Harley comes along and says, well, you are no longer, the Bible says you're no longer slaves to sin. And you say, I hear you, Harley, I hear you, I hear you, but that's not the way my life works. My experience tells me I can't stop. I'm a slave. And here's the thing. Your experience is telling you something else because in your freedom to choose, you are continuing to offer your body parts to sin. You're continuing to offer your body parts to sin, and you are acting now like a slave to that sin, which is to say, you feel trapped. And now, because you feel trapped to that thing, that, that action, that behavior, you now think, well, if, if that's what God's Word says that I'm free, then there's something wrong with the Bible because I'm not free. Or you think there's something wrong with God because I should feel differently. I should behave differently. And Paul is saying you don't understand you'll either present your body parts to sin or you will present them to God. You have 
a choice, Paul says. Now, Paul pauses. He says, now there's a group of you that he's addressing that understand this. And here's what he says to him in verse 17. Thank God once you were slaves, this group, once you were slaves to sin, but, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching that we've given you. He's saying you're understanding it. Now, verse 18. Now you are free from your slavery of sin, and you have become instead slaves to righteous living. You have, he says, wholeheartedly embraced this teaching, and you understand it, and now, instead of giving these body parts, your eyes and your mind and your hands and your body to sin, you're giving those same parts to God instead. He's saying, you're getting it. And he's saying, those who don't understand it, here's what they're thinking. They're thinking, well, you know what? I was in Adam. And once God took me out of Adam and placed me in Christ, then I should feel differently about sin. But I still want to sin. And I should think differently and act differently. And my nature should be changing. And the Bible says your nature does change. Then you're saying, I don't feel it. I shouldn't be doing those things that I'm doing and saying those things and thinking those things. Why won't it stop? Something is wrong with God's word if I've been taken out of Adam and placed in Christ. And Paul is saying, what you're feeling here and thinking about this, this is not true. Because you can be the most committed person to Christ in this room wholeheartedly loving Jesus and following him, but you are still just as temptable as anyone else because sin still is in you. You can be the most committed follower of Jesus and you can be alone in a room on your computer, on the internet, and sin will still say, you can just click that link and follow that and look at those things and see those things, watch those videos. You can still do that. No one will see, no one will know. It'll be okay. You are still just as temptable as anyone else because sin is still in you. but we think that once we become a follower of Jesus, that all of that should be gone. And Paul is saying, understand this. Yes, you have been set free from sin. He's broken the power that it had. Now you actually have a choice. You don't have to give your hands and your eyes and your mind and your body to sin. You don't have to loan it to sin. But you will still be deeply tempted. You're still going to feel those ways. You're still going to get angry and you're going to get hurt. And sin is going to beg and beg and beg to use your body parts. And sin is going to try to convince you that you have not changed a bit. That nothing has changed. So you might as well go ahead and do it. Since you're angry, you might as well go ahead and express it. Since you've been lusting after her, you might as well go ahead and do something about it. But Paul is saying you can still feel all of those temptations, but you don't have to give these body parts to sin. You don't have to willingly become a slave to sin. You don't have to. 
and at Stuttgart Harvest, we are praying that you will begin to understand sin from this perspective. Yes, sin is an entity that lives in my physical body and it is asking to use my body parts. And if I give those parts over to sin to use, I am willingly becoming its slave. And if I am in Christ, I have a choice. I don't have to give these parts to be a slave to sin. Paul's saying, I can instead choose to give these parts to God to serve God. He goes on in verse 19. He kind of summarizes this again and explains this very same thing using some other words. Here he goes, verse 19. Because of your weakness of your human nature. I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, Paul says, you let yourselves be a slave to impurity and lawlessness, which led to ever deeper, led you ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. Verse 20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation of doing right. Verse 21. And as a result, you are now ashamed of the things that you used to do. And, the, and the, the things, he says, that lead to eternal doom. Wherever there is sin, Paul is saying, there is death. Real death. I mean, our physical bodies are dying. If you don't believe me, just look in the mirror. You are not the same this year. Our bodies are dying. But not only is there physical death, sin leads to all kinds of death. Death of a relationship. We see that all the time, don't we? We experience that. Other kinds of death. Death of our finances. Death of joy. Death of peace. Sin will lead us always toward our greatest regrets. We're not only ashamed, but there's death, some kind of death involved with sin. But Paul is saying we have an option. Verse 22. But you... Now you are free from the power of sin, and you have become slaves to God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness, he says, and result in eternal life. He says your quality of your everyday life, your walking, talking, living, not just in heaven, but just eternal life, it begins now. Your walking, talking, living, loving relationship with Jesus every day, it's better. Your quality of life is better. And then... He ends this chapter with one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It's, he says in verse 23, for the, wages of sin is, of, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, when sin came into this world and into our lives, we were separated from God. Why were we separated from God? Because since Adam... Our physical bodies actually changed when sin entered into our bodies. Sin is this entity inside of us. And what did God do about it? Well, he defeated sin's power over our eternity. So we are no longer have to be separated from God for eternity. He defeated that. But he also on the cross as well defeated that daily moment by moment power. He broke that, that power that sin had over us moment by moment. He did that on the cross. Because when we choose to become his follower, he gives us his nature, God's nature, God's 
sinless nature. We don't have a sinless nature. Inside of us lives what? Sin. But God gives us His nature. So He came to defeat sin by dying on the cross. Now here's a deep understanding. I want to share it with you. This matters for everything that we believe. But this is deep. Listen to this. Since Adam, sin in some form entered into Adam and has, in his physical body, and has been in every physical body of every descendant of Adam, that's all of us. This is why when God's plan of Jesus coming to this earth to die on the cross for us, and how did he come here? As a man. This is why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. There was no fertilized egg. God took Jesus, this preborn baby, this fetus, and placed him in the womb of Mary. Why? So that Jesus was not a direct descendant of Adam. Why? Every descendant of Adam has what inside their physical body? Sin. Jesus has no sin in his physical body. And Jesus was sinless, which means he also never created a sin. Now, when Adam was created, he had no sin in him either. But when he sinned, sin entered him and entered every single other descendant. Jesus, being born of a virgin, entered into this world with no sin inside of his physical body, just like Adam started with. And then Jesus did not sin, which means he met every requirement of God's law and every standard that God had. Jesus met that for all of us. But because there was no sin in him, he was the perfect sacrifice. Listen to how the Bible words this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 5. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sin. And there is no sin, what? In him. And he committed no sin, which means he could die in our place. His sinless body paid the price for the sins of the world, took on all of the wrath that God had for sin. He took it all. And now those who submit to him, to Jesus, Jesus gives them his spirit inside their soul. And they are being made new like Jesus, because they are in Christ. He has defeated sin for us, and now you can call on Him, His Spirit that is in your soul, to defeat the sin that still lives in our physical body. Someday, God's Word tells us that if you follow Jesus, someday He will give you a new physical body, and sin won't be in it. But for now, 
It is. And you have a choice, and I have a choice. Who will be my boss, my king? In that moment, will I give my mind and my eyes and my body to sin in that moment and become a slave? Or will I give my mind and my hands and my eyes and my body in that moment to Jesus and serve him? There's three groups of people here today. The first group, maybe you have never submitted your life to Jesus. And you can do that right now today. If you understand that Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, God himself came to this world to die on the cross, to take on the wrath of God for the sins of the world and your sins and my sins. If you understand that, then you understand that Jesus purchased, paid a price and purchased your life. And you're saying this, God, maybe you're saying this, God, this life, you bought it. It is now yours. I submit it completely from head to toe, and my soul, I give it to you. It's yours. I surrender my life to you. If you're doing that today, we would ask you, let us know on the back of your connection card. There's a place. You'll see it. Let us know that you're making him your boss, that you're giving him this life. You're surrendering this life to him. It's yours. But there's a second group. Maybe, perhaps... Perhaps you have given your life to Jesus at some point. But you continue to allow these body parts to become slaves of sin. And it's what you want to do. It's like, I'll, I'll straighten up later, but right now I'm enjoying this sin thing too much. I mean... If, I mean, yes, sin is fun. Yes, it's fun for a season. Yes, and maybe you're in that season saying, I, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. And, 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 and after all, I have given this life to Jesus. I'm doing what I want for now. But he's got to take me to heaven. That's the arrangement we've made. Maybe you're talking like that. Maybe that's your perspective right now. And I believe the Bible tells us that once Jesus has paid for your sins, yes, they are paid for. And while he may take you to heaven when you die, you are going to bring hell to your life while you are living if you are pursuing sin. And where there is sin, there is always something that's dying. And you may be killing the relationships around you. You may be killing your marriage. Teenager, you may be killing your relationship with your parents. You may be killing something. Something is dying. You may be killing your career, your credibility. And God is going to allow you to continue to do that. And finally, one day you will get to the point where you come crawling back to God after everything around you is dead and you look and there's nowhere else to turn. You will come crawling back to God. And this is what will happen when you get there. He will not rip you apart and tear you apart and tear you down. Actually, God's word says he will reach out to you in his grace 
and surround you with His love. Yes. One day you will see. And in fact, if you're one of the ones who's just saying, I'm just going to live the way I want, then here's all I can say to you. Then you better go and sin as fast as you can and as hard as you can right now. Because the sooner you hit the bottom, the sooner you can come into God's grace. And then there's another group of us here today. And it's that group that says, that was me. I did run from God. And yes, I, I, I'm a believer. I am a believer. I have submitted my life to God, but I ran from Him and I did things my own way. But I am back. And I want to stop giving this body over to sin to, to use and for me to be its slave. And here's what I say to you. Then you must join us. And you must obsess over the verses that we are talking about in this series. In fact, we've got them printed. We've selected some and printed them on cards. As you leave today, everyone, we ask you just pick up one of those cards. It's on each end of that rail. Just pick one up and take it with you. And if you've missed week one or week two, they're at the connections table. Go grab those verses and obsess over these verses. Memorize them. Take God's words and place it into your mind, into your memory, and saturate your life with God's words and allow your uh, your uh, these scriptures, these verses that you're placing, allow them to rule in your mind and in your heart. And then they will begin to rule in your body. God's word in your mind, which goes down into your heart and comes out of your body, that is what you need to overdose on. God's Word. And take those verses and take them part by part and bring them into your life and understand them word by word. And every morning of this week, dedicate those verses to God focus on those verses throughout the day. That's why we've printed them on a small card so you can take them with you. And allow God's Word to empower you during the day, throughout the day, as you give each part of your body to God. Now, if you're like me, there is one part of your body. Now, you may struggle with many, but there's one part that's giving you the most trouble. Whatever that is. That part, start with that. Dedicate that part of your body to God in the morning and throughout the day as you use these verses. And yes, moment by moment throughout your day, sin is going to keep asking you to use it. Keep asking you to loan it to sin. But verbalize this. I'm giving this part of me to God. And then allow God's Word to help you do it. Verbalize it. Sin. You may not have this part of me. God, it's yours. Here, take it. The Bible says he, God is in the process, if you're a follower of His, of putting a new nature in you. God's Spirit in you. And sin no longer has to be your boss or your master because Jesus puts his spirit in you. 
And you can give each part of your body, moment by moment, to God instead. You don't have to wait to give this life to Jesus when you die. Moment by moment, give your body to God. And He will give you life right now. Let's pray. God, your word tells us to not let any part of our body become an instrument of evil. Because God, without our physical body, without our eyes, sin has nothing. Without my mind, sin has nothing. Without my hands and my feet and my body, sin only resides. It does not rule. God, we need your help because you tell us that we were dead and we had no choice before we began following you. But now because of you, you're giving us new life. So God, we're asking you to help us moment by moment as we bring your words into our lives, moment by moment this week, as we give our whole body as your instrument for what is right for the glory of God. We need your help. But God, when we fail, we are so thankful that your grace meets us there as we surrender to you and we admit our failure to you. That you wrap your arms of grace around us and you pick us up and you free us again. God, we need your help this week to live in your freedom so that we do not give our body parts to sin and slavery. And we are so grateful, Jesus, that because you died on the cross and took the entire wrath of God upon yourself, that we can now choose you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.